So have you ever noticed that in the story of the creation of the world, there's a word that comes up over and over and over again. Each day of the creation, this word comes up. It's a very short word, a very small word, but very deep in meaning. The word is good. God created light, it was good. He creates the sky and the sea, and it's good. He creates the land and the plants, and it's good. He creates the sun, the moon, the stars, and it's good. He creates the birds and the fish, and it's good. He creates the land animals and the humans, and it is very good. And so everything is good in the creation. God is a good creator who creates a good world. So it's a little shocking in our text today when it says something is not good. Even before the first sin, God recognizes something is not good. It is not good that man should be alone. That there's something very fundamental to how God created us. We were created to be together. We were created for community. That we cannot be an island unto ourselves. We cannot be isolated because we are meant to be with others. And I have to admit that I'm an introvert. I like people, don't get me wrong, but sometimes I'm awkward around them and I certainly get exhausted by them. But even an introvert like me has to admit that I need people. This has become acutely aware in our society as we have more and more ways that we are separated by our technology or through the last couple of years as we've had to be in lockdown at times literally separated from one another. I joke that I'm not a hugger, but after the last couple of years, I'm thinking of taking it up. <laughs> we were meant to be together, and when we're not together, we don't flourish. We are not able to live the fully human life that God created us to live. And in this, God actually really created us in his own image and pattern. One of the ways that we're in God's image is that we are relational creatures. We are crea created to be in relationships. After all, our God is a God who is never alone. When you are three in one, you can never be alone. God is always in community within himself. The Father eternally loving the Son. The Son eternally loving and obeying the Father. And their love is so deep and profound that their love is itself a person, the Holy Spirit. And so eternally, God is within this loving community. And so he created us to be like him, to be in loving community. Community with our God, but community also with each other. And when we don't have that, things are wrong. But sin breaks community. Sin breaks community. This is what happens the very first sin. What does the serpent convince Adam and Eve? It convinces them they should not trust God. This God's holding out on you. There's knowledge he's not giving you. This God obviously is not your friend. He's your enemy. And so Adam and Eve treat God as their enemy. And they do what God commanded them not to do. And immediately, the consequences are obvious. They immediately feel shame, and immediately they hide themselves. They hide themselves from the only source of love and goodness in the universe. They hide themselves because they cannot bear to be in his presence. God and humanity are alienated by sin. And not only are God and humanity alienated, but humans are alienated from humans. What's the first thing Adam says when he's accused? Well, the woman, she may be doing it throws his wife under the bus. And the curse upon uh, Eve reiterates this. They were created to be together, to be these different, right? Because you have to love someone who's different than you, otherwise it's just selfishness. Different, but equal. It, literally, those who look eye to eye. 
But now it says that the husband will lord his power over the wife, and the wife will desire what her husband has. That now human community is broken. That even the most beautiful and fundamental relationship of family is broken. And is this not the case in our lives? Do you have a single relationship that is not tainted in some way by sin? That every relationship has brokenness. That the people you love the most are the ones you tend to hurt the most. The people you love the most are the ones who disappoint you and frustrate you the most. That our motives are never entirely pure. We're always thinking, what can I get out of this relationship? Rather than seeing how can I love and serve this person. And so this is all wrong. And if we go to our epistle reading today, this is what's going on in the, uh, the Corinthian congregation. If you read all the way through 1 Corinthians, this is a messed up congregation. Their community is not working. That they are constantly feuding with each other. That they are in this uh, factional kind of state where different factions have risen up and are attacking each other. And there's these people who are more concerned with being right than being loving. These people who think they know better than everyone else and are using that knowledge to beat down their neighbor. This is not a healthy congregation. This is why Paul has to tell them, hey, if I have all knowledge and can do everything, but I have no love, I am nothing. So this is who he's talking to. He's talking to people who are deeply divided, who are feeling the effect of that sin. And it's interesting what he does here. The first thing he does is he does not turn them inward. He's not saying, look at yourself and figure out some deep down, get some gumption to love these people. He doesn't do that. He also doesn't have them even turn first to their neighbor and say, you know, how can you be a better friend, a better church member, a better father, a better son? How can you do these things? The first place he directs them is their relationship with Christ. Because we cannot fix these relationships with each other until we are right with our God. And how can we get right with our God? This is the work of Jesus Christ, that he is God in the flesh, come to take you into himself, that you become part of him. This is Paul's metaphor, that Christ is a body, and we are the members of that body. We are the hands and the feet and the ears and the noses and the eyes. And so we are all part of him. Or he also uses the image, we are many grains made into one loaf of bread, and that loaf is Christ. Or if you prefer our gospel lesson, Christ is the vine, we are the branches. A branch connected to the vine lives because the life of the vine flows through it. A branch cut off is just a stick. This is what we are. Christ has come to be a human, to share in human community, but even more, that he has that perfect relationship with our Father. He's the perfectly obedient and loving Son of the Father. And since you are now in him, since you have now put on Christ, you are now the perfectly obedient sons and daughters of the King. Which is an amazing thing. That's where Paul starts. That is who you are. You are members of a body. And because you are members of a body, you have this perfect relationship with your God. Then we spread that out. If I am in Christ and now a perfectly obedient son of God... And you are in Christ, and you are in Christ, and you are in Christ, and you are perfectly obedient sons and daughters of God. That means we are all part of the same body. You are not an enemy or a stranger. You are part of this whole, this organic whole that cannot be divided against itself. The hands cannot go to war against each other. The eyes and the nose cannot go to war against each other. We are all one body. 
And so what God is doing here is he's creating community where there was none. And that community he's creating is the community centered around Christ because it only works because of Christ. We only can be right with God because of Christ. We only can be right with one another because we are all members of that same body. But actually, it's not just this community, though don't get me wrong, the community of faith is incredibly important. We bear one another's burdens, we build one another up, we equip one another for works of service. This is a great community and we need this. But when we are in Christ, we also see the rest of the world with the eyes of Christ. Christ who saw the tax collectors and the sinners and didn't see them as strangers and enemies, but saw them as lost people, people who desperately needed community with their God and community with one another. And he reached out that hand of community to all of them. And so as we see the world in Christ, with the eyes of Christ, we see one another as brothers and sisters, and we see everyone else as people who desperately need to be loved and to love. And we get to be Christ to them, extend that love. And as they see that love, perhaps there's room in the vine for many, many, many more branches. So the thing I want to emphasize above all here is to remember the order. The first thing that was broken was our relationship with God and then our relations with everyone else. But Christ has come to bring us into him so that we have that perfect relationship with our God. Christ has come so that we will have this perfect relationship with one another because we are all the body of Christ. And Christ has come that we will see the world with the eyes of compassion, bringing everyone the community that we so desperately need as human beings. Thanks be to God. Amen.